0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Price and Coverage Match Limited by State Law You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details Hyundai, there's joy in every journey The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards Why bring this up?
1: Back on it's always game day in Cincinnati. Wendy Patterson, Mike Santagati here. Mike, how you feeling?
0: I'm feeling all right. How you feeling?
1: Probably better than Patrick Mahomes. How he's been feeling over the last uh, couple of hours.
0: I, I like the now. that It's been a day since then. The refs have basically like. There's been the whole thing about how like yes, it was about how Tony was called offsides. And then they're trying to say, like, you usually get a warning for that. And then the ref uh, said something like, we couldn't see the ball. <laughs> and I was like, fair. He was egregiously offside. I mean, it wasn't like a ticky-tack call, I feel like. I, I mean, not no. to make this my take on it, but just like he had to like look backwards over his shoulder to watch for the snap. I was like, nothing strikes you as, hey, maybe take, take a half step back. <clears throat> and for all the people that mentioned – yes, you check alignment by pointing over to the ref and he gives you a thumbs up or he tells you to move back, move forward. He, so the video came out where he points to the ref, doesn't look and then sets up. It wasn't that he set up and then pointed to the ref and everything worked out that way. It was that he just kind of went through the motions of like, yeah, you know, just kind of point to him. Like, yeah, you That never Mm -hmm. waited for the response.
1: I think, and again, I'm not going to make this all about Patrick Mahomes or anything like that, but it's been the biggest sports story, I feel like, after this NFL weekend. And, you know, to see the NFL, and look, NFL fishing is absolutely brutal in a lot of cases, but they actually got the call right, Um, so it wasn't a bad call. That's what was so funny about all of it, and they had, like, a three-paragraph page out after the game to pretty much detail exactly why they did it. Um, But I've never seen Patrick Mahomes react like that, and it was – crazy to see there's also
0: been 11 offensive offsides called this year so it wasn't like they pulled something out of the rule book that hadn't been called at all like it's a very rare penalty but it's also a rare penalty because usually receivers actually do check and don't go through the motions and also can notice when they're offsides and try i feel like the It's whatever. We're 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 moving on. Yeah,
1: sorry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We'll see what we'll see what happens with the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: They Um, need wide receivers bad. Like that was my only takeaway from watching that game. Was like, wow. If Kelsey retires, very
1: important to their offense. I will say that.
0: Yeah. Could you imagine Kelsey retires and like that's what they're stuck with now? It's like, whoa. I couldn't believe Juju was such a difference maker for them that they just had one competent guy in the room and that just helped them out so much. But now without that. It's like, who is the next best after Kelsey? Probably Rice, but Rice is a rookie that they don't trust that much. Mm-hmm. Sky Morris experiment's dead. Kadarius Tony, <laughs> every time he's out there, he does something negative, it feels like. And then MVS, even though he killed the Bengals in the AFC Championship game, he has like 18 catches on the year. So they got nothing going on in that room. That's why there are probably, probably some buyers this offseason trying to find a guy.
1: Not a problem I'm worried about Uh going into speaking of weapons and the Cincinnati Bengals offense. I want to talk about the running back room. Uh yeah. We'll get to the O-line, Jake Browning, the offensive coaches, Zach Taylor, Frank Pollock, all of that in just a moment and, and give them their flowers. But right now, it is absolutely just so fun to see. I think a friend of the show, Joe Goodberry, actually put out a clip earlier today and it was from no not not it wasn't actually Joe Goodberry it was another uh, person on social media they put out a clip from Monday Night Football of Chase Brown running and they're like this this seems like a boring run now because of what we just saw in this past game with Chase Brown and I'm just excited to see vintage Joe Mixon too in this past game what do you think about this running game and, and it's one that we'll more than likely see together in 2024.
0: Yeah, um, they've got the classic combo, whatever you want to call it, the Thunder, Lightning, Smash, and Dash, the Crash and Bash. Uh, uh, maybe that was more of a name for last year when it was big and big. <laughs> smash and Smash It was last year with P. Ryan and Mixon. Um, but, yeah, they've got the power guy. They've got the guy that they trust to grind out yardage the David Montgomery of the group, and then you sprinkle in your Jameer Gibbs type that is the explosive play waiting to happen, and you get him on some designer runs and some stuff that you know is going to hit, and you're not asking him to run up the gut uh, 15 times that game. You're not you know, calling plays where he's going to be ground into the turf. You're going to call plays where he's going to be hitting the open field and trying to run away from the de- defense. like You know you're getting this look. I could think of the Jags game. They knew they were going to get a look where the ends were going to fly upfield. So they called a bend play. A bend play is zone, but then they bring the tight end back across and it's designed to cut back. It's not like you read that out like it's zone. It looks. It is zone up front, but then it's designed to cut back. So once that end gets up field, the tight end just has to get in his way. And now you've got open field in front of you because the end created a hole for you to run through. And they hit that multiple times. And then this week, they're getting him on toss stuff. They're getting him on the perimeter, the screens. Uh, they ran, I think they ran crunch with him. But it's just like they they ran a lot of stuff out there that isn't designed to churn out three, four, five yard gains. It's designed to hit the open field and maybe hit an explosive play so i think they're utilizing them well i think it's a good combo right now and overall i'm pretty happy with the running back room this is what we've been asking for and i think we specifically have been asking since the start of the season to not grind joe mixon into the dirt yeah. uh he's older let's not make him play 90 of the running back snaps but you know they let him play 90% of the running back snaps felt like for a large portion of this year, but now he's feels fresh, right? Like he feels a little mm-hmm. bit more fresh than he did a couple weeks ago.
1: Big fullback push for Jake Browning touchdown too, by Joe Mixon.
0: Fullback dive. That was, that was a cool play at pony personnel, 22. Um, they uh, yeah. To get to fullback dive there. And it's a good cut for Mixon because it wasn't there in the initial hole. So he hits his right foot about, cuts to the left and gets upfield that was uh that was a great play. I was I was very happy with that. It's just like that is what you feel like when like Chris Johnson and Lundell White, you know, they're scared of the Chris Johnson speed. Let's just right up the gut to Lundell White he's going to churn out uh the first down or whatever short yardage you need.
1: Do you think Obviously the connection is with how this offensive line is playing. You're seeing a really good running, running back room. You know, what connection do you see right now from what we've seen from guys like Ted Karras, Cordell Wilson, who I've been really critical of over the beginning of the season he's had, I feel like three solid weeks at left guard and um, you know, Alex Kappa out there, Orlando Brown, and then obviously Jonah Williams. Do you think there's a little bit of a connection there with, Hey, the run game's going well, the offensive line is doing a good job you know, big picture of what we've noticed overall in the last two weeks with this offense.
0: Yeah, so what I've talked about before is just this offense is difficult on a lot of people when it's passing the ball so often and being in five-man protections and everything else. And they made it work. They were, they were a top-five offense by DVOA. They were top-five offense by a success rate and whatever other metric you want to look at. And this year, when Burrow was healthy, they were about a top-five offense. But it's difficult. It's like a high-wire act where if one, you know – you'd have a small mess up and now you're falling hundred feet. It's just, it's not an easy thing to do. It's been made a little easier the past couple of weeks. And some of that comes from, the design and what they're doing, calling run plays and getting defenses, uh, run pass mixed up to where you're conflicted on, is this run, is this pass? And you think of linebackers and safeties with that sometimes, but really you got to think of defensive line too, is you can't keep getting gashed. So instead of pinning their ears back and flying a field, the defensive line has to play run first. And that's helped this offensive line because guys aren't flying off the ball and they don't have to protect in the most difficult of circumstances all the time. They've also gotten to... goodness six seven man protections which give them an extra guy or two extra guys in uh, on a pass play so they can use those instead of just being the five guys and being able and the defense trying to take advantage of that it's it's been good for them and they've been good run blocking too i'm wondering what happens when the run game is inefficient though because Mm -hmm. it's been efficient the past two weeks how long can that sustain because I think part of the reason they didn't run the ball against Pittsburgh was a it's stunk and B Mm -hmm. they're a team that doesn't get into second and eight and go, let's run it again. and, the analytics will tell you that's the right call. Don't run the ball in second and eight to get the third and six and then be forced into a situation where you have to pass the ball and they're pinning their ears back where you can't get the quick game. Even you have to actually run a true drop back concept. So it makes sense that they didn't run the ball in second and eight, second and nine, whatever. But when the run game isn't working, it would be really interesting to see what this office is because that's the real hurdle left is they – I mean, consistency and doing it week to week no matter what and Browning being as accurate as he's been every single week and not missing throws, that's important too. But I feel like they've taken down like the idea of can we be an efficient offense without Burrow? Yes. Can mm-hmm. they move the ball? Can they score points without Burrow? Yes. This, is, this has been really good the past two weeks. But it's done a lot in the run game and screen passes and stuff like that what are you going to do when a defense takes that away can you get to your drop back stuff can you pass the ball in this offense and that's the part i'm waiting to see cuz that's critical too right like i feel like everybody at least bengals fans probably made fun of the ravens like oh they can't come back you know they're good with a lead they're good when it's tied but you know they're down 21 points they can't come back well is that the bengals right now because They're good with the lead and they're, they're good right now when it's neutral, but they haven't gone down. They haven't gone down big, especially, you know, they haven't gone down two scores and had to try to throw the ball and get out of that. That'll be interesting to see. That's what I'm waiting on. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
1: Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Yeah, you know, I agree with you right now. I think a lot of people, they look at, what they've gone up against and Hey, there were two teams. You look at the Jags who are atop of the AFC. They were trying to get that one seed and they lose back-to-back games. Obviously Trevor Lawrence was um, coming off an injury when he played in the game against the Cleveland Browns. And then you look at a Colts team who's right there in the thick of things. They're currently in the playoff picture. If the playoffs were today, they are that last seed. Um, they do have a, a, a tough test against the Minnesota Vikings defense coming up. And that could be, that could be pretty, that could be really telling for the offense and, I just I look at what Jake brownie has been able to do, the completion rate, um, having a run game. All of that is awesome. His offensive line protecting him. Um, credit to what he's been able to do. I do want people, you know, I told you I told you last week it was going to it was going to get louder of look what they're able to do. And I think that's more on credit to Jake Browning what he's been able to do out there, but also the coaching staff, yeah. Zach Taylor, Dan Pitcher. Brian Callahan. Brian Frank Callahan. Pollock.
0: We're talking about run game Frank Pollock.
1: Yeah. but you And I agree with you because we'll get to Frank Pollock in just, just a moment because I believe he, he deserves his own little time and segment when we talk about him. But with Dan Pitcher and Brian Callahan, they could work themselves into head coaching interviews on the stretch.
0: Uh, do you think Dan Pitcher could jump from quarterback I- coach to head coach?
1: I think he could get an offensive coordinator position.
0: Yeah, yeah, that I, I could definitely see.
1: And if you're Cincinnati, you don't want to lose him because they upped his salary last year so they could protect him and keep him here. He was doing interviews with Tampa and made the decision to stay mm-hmm. in Cincinnati. Terry so. Walters
0: also had an offensive coordinator interview. said?
1: Yeah, yeah, so I mean, those are things to watch with 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 these assistants. Obviously, I want everybody to get the opportunity to go somewhere else, but this is a huge stretch to show this is what you're doing with a backup quarterback. And for how much Zach Taylor gets criticized, I I think we should see what he's been able to do. It it is the players too. It is the players too when they're out there performing and executing. But when it you feels look at-
0: so weird that Zach yeah. Taylor still gets criticized so much, right? Right. Because you could point to the fourth down stuff. Like he's not always making the right call there analytically. And you could point to the timeout usage. He's one of the worst head coaches in terms of burning timeouts because the play clock's winding down, which actually all the Shanahan McVay guys are it's weird. Like they, as a coaching tree, they are one of the worst. (laughs) They're all near the bottom in terms of burning timeouts. And I don't know if that's like the play calls are really long or like the checks they have to make or whatever. But anyway, so last year, Jamar Chase goes out, and the offense—they have the one game where they get stomped against Cleveland, but then they don't miss a beat. They are dominant offense. T. Higgins is on pace for like sixteen hundred yards, mm-hmm. and they're able to move the ball. Trent Irwin's uh, a Cincinnati household name—not not nationwide or anything—but Cincinnati mm-hmm. household. They all know who he is. Then, and then the offense chase comes back, and the offense is soaring. And then obviously, all the offensive line injuries caught up. But even the divisional round, they're they're killing it. Then this year, you know, like they started slow and then it starts taking off. It feels like nobody talks about how it's taken off, but it's fine. Nobody. Nobody talks. It was by most metrics, top five. And if you want to poo-poo it, like top eight. There, you don't find very many metrics that were outside of that. Other than maybe like, I don't know, yards per game, maybe? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure. But um, points, all that stuff, they're up there. And he doesn't get any credit. People say it's Burrow hero ball, which is fine. Burrow is playing exceptionally well in that offense, and it's a difficult offense for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Then Burrow gets hurt. They get stomped. But now the offense is humming. And it just feels weird that Zach Thomas made all these adjustments. Brian Callahan, Dan Pitcher, Frank Paul—they've all made all these adjustments. And last year, you can think of the run game stinking too; those first four weeks and making an adjustment before Chase went down. And that's when it really started picking up. You can think of the Saints game and everything after that. So I don't know why he doesn't get much credit for any of this. It's just bizarre to me that it feels like there is a very large, this isn't like just a couple of guys are allowed. It's a very large portion of the fan base that thinks he is an abysmal head coach that, you know, anybody would be better. They've all got their eyes on Joe Brady, of course, just thinking of LSU and it's just like, but he's designed a top five offense, and he's shown that he can adjust and keep the offense going when things aren't working out. So I'm just maybe it's a tiny bit slow if you're going to complain, like to start the season. To start yeah. the season, it's always slow. But is that is that him? Is that quarterback?
1: The quarterback well, dealing with the quarterback injuries. And- dealing
0: with injuries at the start of the year. So it's just weird. It's just weird to me that he doesn't get any credit. And it feels like there is a large group of fans that are probably still right this second, just kind of like rubbing their hands together. Like that first week they score 17. I'm all over it. You know, I'm going to be all about fire Zach, fire Brian, fire Frank. Let's bring in whatever former Bengals I can think of for all those positions because they don't, or Joe Brady. And it's just weird to me. I don't know. I think Zach Taylor deserves a lot of credit and this offensive coaching staff.
1: There's a couple things here. Um, Peter King, who I absolutely love. He's one of the best in the business. He has his um, quarterback. Uh, it used to be called Monday morning quarterback. At, I don't know what it's called now that he's over at NBC, but it's a really good piece of the NFL on Monday mornings that he puts out. And I always like to read through it because I'm like, man, he's just not talking about the Bengals. There's nothing in there. And obviously there's a lot of storylines. So I understand, but I get down to the bottom and he has Zach Taylor's the coach of the week. And I just read what he's able to do. And he says, as a head coach, you have to do two things in this situation. Your franchise quarterback goes down. Number one is you can't get this locker room to tank. You got to keep winning. That is absolutely huge for a locker room. Then you got to get your backup quarterback ready to play December football. And I think that is what we've seen. And obviously there are assistants in Dan Pitcher, who I feel is one of the most underrated assistants on the team as the quarterback coach. Uh, man, AJ McCarron went in and threw a touchdown pass, but it didn't count. Should have, <laughs>
0: should have been a touchdown. I mean, he, he put the two hands on the guy, mm-hmm. but that's allowed. Like he, I didn't see him extend his arms. I didn't, even. I didn't know. I didn't. It's just, yeah, it was just like, I know 40, whew. He was <laughs> that man must have the worst balance I've ever seen, or maybe he was flopping. He did a little the, arms, the arms were flapping, he took about seven steps backwards. <laughs> it was like, okay, that's he, he drew the flag, and T laughed it off. Um, I think in game, and it was just like, yeah, that was kind of a ridiculous call. But I am team always commit offensive pass interference, it is rarely called, so mm-hmm. keep doing it.
1: 100% as a wide receiver, 100%. But uh, kind of just going back to what Zach Taylor has been able to do. A couple weeks ago, Zach Taylor was out. So it was probably right after the Joe Burrow injury. Do you still feel like this team is a playoff team? And he said, yes, I do. And a lot of people laughed at that. Like, how could you think this is a playoff team? Um, no, this is terrible. Your quarterback's down. You don't have a playoff team. And we kind of joked and said, well, yeah, Was he supposed to say? No, I don't actually think they're a playoff team. We really have six more games to go, and I don't know what we should do. Um, but I truly believe Zach Taylor felt that. I think he feels that, and I think you should feel that. And yes, the AFC is loaded right now with a lot of seven-six teams. I say loaded, but it's loaded with a lot of seven and six right there in the middle, fighting for those final wild card spots. But the Bengals are right in the thick of everything. And one of the things is, and I'll get to the defense in just a moment, but I think you you put that on your head coach. There was so many times over the last few years that we, we you know, I wouldn't say we, I feel like we've been pretty even on, on the Zach Taylor front on play calling and him as a head coach. But there were people just screaming like, he shouldn't give, call plays. He shouldn't be able to do this. And there was a reason I feel like Zach was very confident that he never wanted to give that up. And I think he's showing you right now, look, guys, I can do I can do some things. I can I can show you what I can do. And he's doing it an impressive way on offense. 34 points in back-to-back weeks with the backup quarterback. He went on the road in one of the biggest Monday night football games for the Jags. It was their first game since 1990 at home. Huge primetime game for them to take advantage of on Monday
0: night football. It <laughs> <laughs> so I like it was the first game since 1990 they played at home. Oh,
1: sorry. <laughs> Monday night football. Sorry. Sorry guys. They did do- even though they do play no, in London. I think they
0: probably got
1: it. Even they though they do it. play in no, – they play in do, London a
0: lot. You're right.
1: <laughs> they do. They have a better record in London than at home right now. Um, no, sorry. I didn't mean to say that. But it's been a long time since they've had a primetime London football game at home. That was huge for them. The Bengals went in, and they were – it was a great matchup. It was one of my favorites of the season. And then you get to this Colts team, and honestly, outside of the pick six, the Bengals were in control the whole entire game. Uh, but but Frank Pollock, we'll get to him before we move over to the defensive side. Frank Pollock, another guy who everybody was ready, they were ready to fire probably 10 days ago, maybe a week ago.
0: I'm ready to fire him all year, I feel like. Yeah. They want they want Whitworth to come coach the offensive line, even though he doesn't really want to and hasn't coached the offensive line. That's what you see though, right? Like that's the thing that drives me crazy is like when I when I look at uh it's fire Frank Pollock. is like, who would you hire? And it is just some former Bengal offensive mm-hmm. lineman that was good. It's like, that's, th- it's a different job. <laughs> Maybe as an assistant offensive line coach. So that'd be good. But as the offensive line coach, because every offensive line coach is essentially also probably your run game coordinator.
1: Levi that's, Jones, Rich Bram, where are you at? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Where's Bobby Williams? I think Bobby Williams is actually coaching offensive line. That would make sense. <laughs> I think yeah, I saw I, I'm think like, I, he's think the, I think he's a college offensive line coach. So that would be the one that actually makes sense. But like when they talk to other guys, I'm like, no, nah, it doesn't really add up. And like Willie Anderson, I think people bring him up all the time and like Willie doesn't want to, he wanted to at first. And then he was like, I, I like helping kids. And I'd rather yeah. do that than a Anyway, I have been hammering on that. I feel like the run designs are sound And sometimes creative and good. They're one of the only teams that are running like that tackle trap play, the dart, nobody else runs dart from what I see. Maybe the bills Um, there's like stuff in there and these plays are working really well. So they're hitting all this stuff that like works and they're, it's looking good on paper, but you get like one guy that messes up his assignment or the tight end can't make a block. And it's just, now it's a one yard game. Instead of if that one key change just flipped, you're looking at, what they're doing now where it's like five yards, six yards, a pop. And I think the run game is sound It's creative. It's a lot of stuff that goes towards this offensive line strengths. They are not athletic. That is very well documented, but that's okay because they're running a lot of gap power stuff where they're trying to get downhill. They're not asking these guys to run. That was a big issue last year was they wanted to run wide zone because Frank Pollock's a wide zone guy, Brian Callahan, somewhat a wide zone guy, but Zach Taylor, definitely a wide zone guy. And, They tried to run it and it just wouldn't work because the offensive line just weren't, they didn't have the horses up there to run. So they completely switched the run game. Now it's been more like this. And it's just weird that people like complain about the run concepts. Like, ah, they don't, they don't have a good designed run game. It's like what they do. It's just, they're not executing. And if you want to put that on him. Okay. My big thought is like free agents should be able to do stuff like that they're probably not going to play above or below what they're expected very often. Patriots mm-hmm. guys seem to always play below for whatever reason, but a lot of those guys, you know, like they leave and they're pretty much the same guy. That's what you should expect. They're, the reason you get free agents is because you're not expected to have to coach them up and develop them. I um, think Volson is the only guy and maybe Jonah, but yeah, uh, they're the same age. So I should give Jonah That's more credit that he's developing. I, they're around the same age. I'm not sure if it's the exact same. I think Volson yeah. might be like a year, maybe a little less younger. Yeah, Volson was an old rookie and Jonah was a young rookie. So anyway, I think Frank's done a really good job. I think this is a big test though. We'll get more into it mm-hmm. on the Friday podcast. but the Vikings are a very unique defense. And they are probably one of the most pressure-heavy defenses. And they're not even just doing it with zero behind it. They do a whole bunch of stuff behind their pressures. So I don't think the last two weeks, neither one of those teams blitzed very often. But this week coming up, it's going to be a lot of that. And it's going to be a lot of drop eight and only rushing three, too. So then you can get caught with your pants down trying to max protect. And then everybody drops out. And you go, well, we got three guys on this route concept and they have eight guys in coverage. So that's not great for us. Um, Yeah. But it'll be, that's a big test for me, but yeah, I I think, I mean, I I think Frank probably has a job. I mean, (laughs) I think a lot of people wanted to fire him, but the way it's turned around and everything is working, we'll see. It's early to say that, but my first thought was like, man, they kept Jim Turner. (laughs) So they'll probably keep Frank.
1: Yep. All right, well, that's enough with the offense. We'll flip sides to the defense. I think it was the defense's – I don't want to say it, but I want to say it, best game of the season or second best game of the season.
0: It's up there for sure. I think stopping like – and you could point to some fluky stuff, but like holding the Bills below 20 and the 49ers down. When you watch the 49ers against a lot of these teams, like, oof, they are running through them like a hot knife through butter. Against the Bengals, not so much. So when they slowed those teams down, I thought those might be your most impressive performances. But yeah, this is up there for sure because this was a dominant performance where I forgot at first that the Colts scored 14, but only one of those two touchdowns came against the defense. The other one was a pick six. So this is a great performance by the defense and they forced a turnover. So they even still had that going for them. Great interception from B.J. Hill. Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, and Trey Hendrickson continues to play like one of the best defensive players in the league right now with what we've seen from him. It feels like that extension before the season just – and he was going to be under contract for 2024, but just adding that extra year just feels like such a smart decision by the Cincinnati Bengals. But when you look overall at the defensive line right now, guys like Joseph Asai, Miles Murphy, and I didn't look at the percentage snaps when they were on the field, but overall for the D-line before going back and probably watching too much tape, what did you think about the defensive line?
0: Yeah, uh I – I mean, it was mainly the Trey Hendrickson show in terms of what he was doing. Uh, I thought he dominated his matchup there against Bernard Raymond. Um, Joseph I man, how many snaps did he play? I don't I know. I'm going to find out. But um, I, there were a couple plays Miles Murphy had against Raymond as well where he kind of pushed him back a little bit, didn't get the sack or anything, and development, not linear, so no need to – freak out about it. Uh, Google says Joseph Osai made a tackle in this game, and I was trying to see if it had his snap count, but I'll find that in a second. I I think they're developing. their development pieces, and he played 17... Joseph Osai played 17 snaps in the game. Um,
1: it's kind of up and, for him.
0: Well, uh, yeah, that's one of his highest games, I think. <laughs> So I'm going to check Miles Murphy too. But, yeah, there, I like what Murphy's done, and I think he's stringing along. It's not always – you know, he had his best game a couple weeks ago when he had the sack and the pressures against Pittsburgh. Murphy 23 snaps, 36%, which that's also pretty high up there, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, like Murphy's flashing, and that's what you want to see. He's got two sacks. I'm hoping, I'm hoping he can get up – What we set the number at? was it two and a half, three and a half for him? We this said year? Three and a half. I think we basically said like three sacks and that's pretty solid year from a developmental edge player. So hoping for one more sack. Um, but yeah, I've liked the flashes. I wish that he would have kept as good of a game as he had against Pittsburgh going, because I don't think he's had that good of a game in the past two weeks, but still think he's been solid. And I think that he looks like a guy that you should be happy about going forward um, for the team.
1: And having a guy like Trey Hendrickson, I feel like is going to be absolutely huge just in the offseason going into next year, getting one year under his belt. Um, you know, we talked a lot when Joe Burrow went down some of these rookies who were going to get their chances, opportunities. see so we were looking forward to Miles Murphy was definitely another one of the guys. But on the defensive side, you can point to dj turner you can look at guys like jordan battle but i want to start with the second day right now because it looks like cam taylor britt will at least be out for the next two games there's still an opportunity for him to play in the kansas city chiefs game and then obviously the cleveland browns game which both of those games could really mean something for the cincinnati Bengals if they are still fighting their way into the playoffs i do think that they need to go three and one which it's tough it's tough to do in the final four games uh but it's week by week for the cincinnati team how do you feel dj turner has looked out there
0: I've been encouraged by DJ Turner. I know that, that he gives up some catches once in a while, but everything's pretty much translate movement ability. And one of one of the big questions I had with him was his ability to tackle, his ability to be physical. And there, it's once in a while, like a guy can kind of push him and it moves him more than I think it should, or maybe the length is just bothering him, but he's been physical and he has hit guys and he's tackled. So I think that question was answered. I think, it's a rookie corner when you get solid play like this out of that that's that's a good starting place and I think with Turner's proto like he is the prototype in terms of movement ability when he gets more technically sound he's gonna be really good um I I've been happy with what he's done uh Mm -hmm. I I think you should be very encouraged by the DJ Turner Cam Taylor Brick combo going in the next season
1: flip sides Dax Hill I feel like obviously in the game against Jacksonville there was that one opportunity where it felt like oh he's gonna pick it off here and unfortunate it ended up being a crazy play and a touchdown uh for Jacksonville but overall when you look at the safety deal because it does feel like it's the Jordan battle Dax Hill show from now on the rest of the season and then obviously going into 2024 what do you think about those two safeties on the field
0: Yeah, uh, Dax Hill up and down. I think he started off pretty strong. He's kind of tapered off a little bit now and he could finish it strong from here. He's looked like a rookie, even though he's a second year guy. This is basically his rookie year. He looks like a solid rookie and bringing some of what he brought in college while still needing to improve and get better in some areas. And he'll be faster when he starts reading the offense faster and playing quicker on defense. I think, I think he's been pretty solid if I want to give him a grade for the entire season, but it's been up and down. Battle, I felt like he had really strong games, but this past week was a little bit more up and down than the last couple of weeks, which is fine. I mean, that's what you should be expecting. You shouldn't, you shouldn't step out of the gate and be um, some all-pro level player. So seeing him have that, I'm not that concerned. And I don't think it was bad. I just think it was – There was just a little bit of the, he wasn't as good as he was early on this year. Well, early on this year as in the past couple of weeks. Early on in his year, basically.
1: (laughs) I think one of the things I was really impressed with, kind of just backing up to facing the Colts, is I knew Jonathan Taylor would be out, but I still had... Thoughts on on Moss? I thought, you know, he'd be able to run the ball. I've seen other running backs um, go against the Cincinnati Bengals defense, and they've just absolutely gashed them. You can go to the Texans game, which I was not expecting on the ground uh, to really expose this defense. But we've talked about the linebacker situation over the last few weeks and Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt, and it was kind of, man, it just feels a little disappointing out of those two guys who are two really big defensive pieces for this team. Um, how do you feel overall about Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt kind of bouncing back a little bit?
0: Yeah, I was happy to see it because uh, I feel like I talked quite a bit about how they're having a little bit of a down year and then this game comes and they're like well, they're, now they're, they're playing pretty good in that game. Uh, I loved how Pratt specifically was an answer to their run game because he was, um, it was called a run through, which is when he goes through his gap before an offensive lineman can get on him and he's in the backfield making that play. He had a couple of those in the game against uh, Indy and I think Each one might have resulted in a tackle for a loss. So that was huge for for him to – because that's something he did really well last year and even the year before. And then this year it hasn't translated. When he did do it, like the guy would bounce outside of him and get a big gain. This past week didn't happen. He did a great job of getting a run through and still being able to at least hold up the ball carrier, if not bring him down so that he'd be going down for a loss or no gain or something like that, rather than being able to get around him. And now you're playing with one guy down on defense because he ran through and wasn't able to hold up the running back or make a tackle. So that was cool to see because I I talked about it a little bit, Where that was something that he should be able to do that hasn't translated yet this year. And now it has Um, good game from him.
1: When Burrow went down, one of the things that I thought about to seem like mm, it's just really not their year defensively, they're giving up a lot of yards and, you know, will they be able to stop them? didn't really feel like the, the 2021 2022 defense, but for some reason when December hits, it kind of gives me and, and look. There's four games to go, and maybe my optimism is sitting a little too high after a week for the Cincinnati Bengals, but I am back on, hey, let's go mess some things up and get in the wild card um, and see what happens for the playoffs. But do you kind of feel like this defense can can get back to, to – even though there are new pieces out there, it's young. Cam Taylor-Britt could be returning for the final two games in regular season. Does it give you the, a little bit of the December-January type of defense we've seen from Lou in the past?
0: I'm going to need to see a couple more games before I say that. And this game should be good for them because the Vikings offense is um, it's... a work in progress, yep. up and down, uh, mostly down the past two weeks. So... The Vikings come out and they start throwing all over the Bengals, I, I'm gonna have a little bit of concern about mm-hmm. like, oh well, they haven't been able to run the ball well this year either. So they shouldn't be giving up a lot in the run game. Um yeah, I, I think this will they should be able to carry it this week and even next week, thinking of the Steelers as well. That's a team, yeah, they give it four hundred yards but only sixteen points. Can you can you I mean, every team seems to hold the Steelers under about 20 points. So Mm -hmm. do that again and maybe don't give them any confidence in 400 yards this time, even though yards aren't points. So I don't know why we talk so much about it. Yeah. yeah. So if they could stack those, is it, is it the Chiefs after that? Mm Mm-hmm. That's the big test, right? Because the Chiefs have looked mortal on offense. They've looked beatable. They've looked like a team that you can kind of slow down on offense this year, which is kind of one of the frustrating things about Burrow being out. It's just like, man, the AFC is so open. It's so there. so open.
1: It's like, honestly, if you're the Bills, you could go in and – I know,
0: and- the Bills can make some noise, especially I think of what the Bills did to the Dolphins earlier this year. If the Dolphins were like the 2 seed and the Bills were the 7 seed, the last team I want to see if I'm Miami. Like, I know I'm going to be at home, whatever else, but they kicked the Dolphins' teeth in, in that game. And it's a different defense. Now they're not as good right now because of some injuries. But,
1: mm-hmm. man. Josh I, Allen?
0: Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather play pretty much any other team in the hunt besides the Bills, and especially because, yeah, Josh Allen and the quarterback situation is just like, you don't want to be at a quarterback disadvantage in any game. And Josh Allen puts pretty much almost every – AFC team at a quarterback disadvantage.
1: 100% right now with the way he's playing. And I wouldn't even credit their offensive coordinator change. I, I just think it's Josh Allen. I think I mean.
0: the one thing you can give Joe Brady is just he kind of made them commit to the run game a little bit more do some run stuff. And he had a good play uh, for the touchdown. The first touchdown was that jet Algo um running back up the seam play. So he's had a couple of plays, but at the same time, like a lot of the highlights are Josh Allen almost running out of bounds and tossing up a dime to Latavius Murray, who catches then fumbles the ball without being touched and it goes out of bounds, but just like Josh Allen doing stuff like that. And it's like, that's hero ball. Like that's the actual definition of what I think of hero ball instead of what sometimes gets assigned to Burrow who he could do that too. He does that stuff too, mm -hmm. but I never, I don't recall that often seeing him have entire drives where it's only him bailing out maybe that Chiefs game two years ago. That was more so because pressure kept getting to him so quickly rather than it was like "Ah, the play concepts aren't working. I need to go make something happen, which feels like what it is with the Bills.
1: Yeah, huge stress for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you know, for, for about an hour or so they were in the playoff picture, and then they weren't <laughs> until the the four o'clock games were over. It honestly would have probably benefited them if um Buffalo, even though Buffalo's behind them right now because Cincinnati holds the head to head, but it would probably would have benefited them if Kansas City won. Um, but I think the Denver Broncos could do something really funny. Um they could they they are one but, game
0: out. All right. Yeah. If they if they win, Chiefs lose. There was a Still scenario.
1: Changed. Well, yeah, there was a scenario where Kansas City obviously wins the AFC West, which wouldn't be surprising at all. They they will probably end up winning the division. Yeah. But there was a scenario where they would play the Cincinnati Bengals on wild card weekend. And the Chiefs. The Chiefs. Hmm. And I'm like, whew, wouldn't that be a fun matchup? So close to just playing each other in regular season, just like we, we saw in 2021. Um just seeing each other a few weeks later. Well, obviously in the AFC championship game almost a month or three weeks later, but I think that just some of these different mashups you're seeing, if you're the Miami dolphins, you know, if they win tonight, we're recording this on a Monday night, you're going to hear it um, later this week, but you know, if they end up winning, they could be still in control. They could jump over Baltimore for the number one seed. What's that going to look like? Is it really intimidating?
0: Or is it, if they win, they'll be tied and, I don't know who has the tiebreaker there.
1: Never mind. Never mind. They're going to uh, – Baltimore will still control the number one seed. Sorry. the AFC... so, But they
0: could. They, if they keep up, keep pace, yeah. and then Baltimore drops one game. That's what you're looking yep. for for the Dolphins.
1: Yeah. So, overall, in kind of the AFC wild card – for how much I was kind of, uh, what is this going to look like? There's a lot of backup quarterback, you know, quarterbacks that second end up playing. It could really be kind of fun the first weekend of the playoffs mm-hmm. if you know, like a Cincinnati team was able to sneak in and, and get in there. And I think personally, when you look at these next four games, it is the Cincinnati Bengals need to go three and one. Yeah. I don't think you need to get 11 wins.
0: No, you need 10. You don't yeah. need 11. You probably need 10. And you you would be okay maybe with nine if you were – in the conference, but they were so bad in the conference mm-hmm. early on this season that you need to because you need to make sure you're above a tiebreaker with some teams, especially teams you don't play. Think of the Broncos if they're tied with the Broncos, Broncos probably got a better ASC record, so they'll get in. Um, same with uh, well, the Texans beat them head to head, so that's another one, and they probably have a better conference record. So you look around, it's like wow, man, <laughs> it's a few of these teams. <laughs> And then okay. you look at the Browns and the Steelers who both own the head-to-head and probably conference record on them. So there's a lot of teams that are just like, yeah, you're behind those guys. Now they do get to play the Browns and Steelers again. So yeah. they kind of control that a little bit. And they get to play the Vikings, which is a winnable game. The Chiefs game. That'll be interesting. My, I would want them to play the Jags, right? If I'm if I'm a Bengals fan, I want them to play the Jags round one and bending what happens in the Chiefs game. You do? You wouldn't? I don't know. They beat the Jags in Jacksonville once before. I'm Go trying do to it be- again. Who else would you want to play? You know would what? you rather play the Dolphins, rather play the Chiefs, rather play the uh, Ravens? I mean, the Ravens could be funny, but. Oh,
1: I think the Ravens would be hilarious wild card weekend. They also
0: got stomped by them. <laughs>
1: I think it would actually be pretty hilarious. Well, they got stomped by him in a situation that was kind of a –
0: I know, I know, I know, I know. There's there's context to it. Joe Burrow was
1: was dominating it, like kind of dicing that defense on that drive. It was 10-7
0: when Burrow got hurt. Yeah. Can,
1: so I, I think the Bengals could end up doing something pretty funny if they got in. Sure,
0: yeah. I think, you know, there's a few teams that are kind of dangerous. And the Texans, that's a team I don't think I'd want to play, just – no pretty hot although they were not hot this weekend but that's still a team i probably don't want to play uh bills definitely don't want to play that would be the number one though like even more than the Bengals or whoever else is just the bills still have allen (laughs) that's what i would be scared of and i know the Bengals. you could think of like well they've got lou and lou might like his playoff record impeccable against these teams and browning is playing really well but We'll, we'll see. see. We, got, we got four more weeks. We do. And we do. If, four they, more if weeks. they go three and one, I mean, that is that's a pretty scary team because they're very hot. And they, if that's how it goes, and I'll
1: say this right now. it is. We are recording this on uh, December 11th. I will say if the Cincinnati Bengals go undefeated in the playoffs or go undefeated in the not on the playoffs, obviously, they go to the Super Bowl. But if they go undefeated in the rest of regular season, that would be imagine going in the playoffs like that.
0: I'm hoping we don't have a win-and-in game against the Browns. No, no, no. One. Yeah, No, me. no, no.
1: I don't want anything to The Browns have just
0: Flacco. been very good against them.
1: Yeah, and Joe Flacco is playing better than Deshaun Watson <laughs> right now. So
0: Best but, quarterback they've had since, uh, I don't know, pro bowler Derek Anderson.
1: Man, I really wish they would have just stayed with P.J. Walker. I'm not going to lie. How do the Jets
0: not go grab Joe Flacco if he's still able to play like this? I
1: don't know. I don't think anybody don't thought know. he could play like this still. Uh, but uh yeah, so it should be pretty fun. Four weeks of football. Look, I will take this any day from what we were dealing with two weeks ago when I thought it's all draft every single day. That's all mm-hmm. we're going to talk about, and we're not. We're going to talk about some fun football for now. The Cincinnati Bengals, a huge game on Saturday versus the Vikings. Another short week for them. Get back to practice on Tuesday, and it's all systems a go. Uh, I know you're going to have plenty of content. I say that all the time, so now you have to deliver over on all Bengals, which you always do. What's going to be up there?
0: I think i'm writing a cordell volson article you know i had really? an article week four about how he got trounced by donald and what happened there now i feel like i, I owe it to him to write an article about his good games that he said yeah.
1: yeah go cordell volson i'm here for you to be very 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 good the rest of the year and win that left guard position in 2024 uh make sure you're following along over on twitter Bengals underscore sands at Patterson. thank you for listening to it's always game day in cincinnati